This is Change the Narrative. We are a part of the Jungle Podcast Collection. The Jungle. And my name is Matt Filer. I am the host, but I don't talk much. And uh, today we had Daniel O'Quinn on the pod. He is absolutely incredible, hilarious guy. Uh, We go through everything from... Uh, his story to his interracial marriage. We even talk about Will Smith, which is probably my favorite topic we may have ever spoken on. I, Will Smith is the man. Uh, and then, but we also talk about sports for the first like three minutes. So if you're not into that, just just tap that 15 second fast forward button, like you know six or seven, eight times, and you'll be good. And I just had a voice crack. So first, JMI. Hello, everyone. We are here with Daniel O'Quinn. Daniel, say hi to the people. Hello, people. Daniel, I'm just going to have you uh, introduce yourself real fast. Tell the people who you are. All nine people that are listening really want to know. Hey, way to set that bar real <laughs> high. Attaboy. Uh, so, my name is Daniel O'Quinn. Everybody just calls me D. Um, a little bit about myself. So, I am a black man. I am also a Christian. They need to know that for the podcast. Yeah, that I that I am a Christian before black men, which would anger about half of all black men. There you go. But that's how I see it. Uh, Married, been married for five years. uh, A couple days ago. Let's Uh, go. What's her name? Her name is Mary Grace. Mary Grace caught myself a nun and made her revoke them (laughs) the promises to the Lord. That's horrible. I'm sorry if that offends anybody. Have you ever said that before in your life? I have 100% said that before. You've said that a lot? Yeah, I have. Um, Man. But, no, uh, her name is Mary Grace. She's an Atlanta native as well. (laughs) Hey. And she is a white woman, so I just made half of all black women angry by saying that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Um, So, yeah, we've been married for almost five years. Um, What do you want to know? Yeah, what 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 do you do? What are you for a living? So, I am a chapter director of a youth discipleship organization called K-Life here in Atlanta. So, we're... The director of the Atlanta chapter. Um, love that job. Um, it's actually been really, really great. Been doing that for like three years before that. Worked at an awesome church back in Texas called Experience Life Church. Shout out to eLife. And before that, worked in another, <laughs> before that, worked in another church. Worked in a Church of Christ, actually. There you go. Um, talking about being the only black person in the room. Um, <laughs> I worked in the college ministry of a church called Broadway Church of Christ. Okay. Um, and the college ministry was called Christ in Action. Um, and so I Met a bunch of good people. Met my best friend there. Best man at my wedding. I'm his. <laughs> his three girls are my godchildren. Dang. Yeah. You so, got godchildren? Yeah, boy. Twenty eight. <laughs> got them godchildren. Which the best Wait, part. How about old it, are your godchildren? So let's see. I'm. We've been married for five years. So Zoe is like five and five and a half. Then that means the twins are like three and a half. Okay. This is fantastic. And then we can move on with the podcast. But this is like one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> I'm very obviously very open about race and everything. So uh, my best friend is white. Um, and uh, so they had Zoe. They tried for a boy. Got twin girls. <laughs> <laughs> They're pregnant right now. We are all praying against another girl. But um, it's like hardcore. But um, if Lord, anything ever. Lord, bring a boy. But for real. If anything ever happens to them, Lord forbid. Lord, Lord, blah, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I'm going to be surrounded by white women because it'll be my wife. And then these three amazing, beautiful, talkative, crazy girls. But yeah. So, so you, you, you are also praying for, for a boy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For really for his sake more than anything. Cause he's about to lose his mind, <laughs> but they do know it's only one. The twins, obviously that was, don't nobody plan for twins. Um, so but yeah, I know a family that had four girls and one boy. And he was and the last I was one? Always, was no, he, no, no. He oh, was okay. the first one. Ooh, which no, I don't that's know. good. Yeah, it's good. But at the same time, you're like they just kept coming and they just kept being girls. No, and fine. it was it was really funny. But it was just like his whole life growing up, we were just like, at least you're gonna know him well. You know, yeah. you know, be way ahead of us. I um, that. All right. So we we talked about a little bit about sports before we jumped on the pod. But bring I it back up. Yeah, we'll bring the it back up. People need to know this we is behind gotta, the we paywall, We gotta have like baby. an icebreaker question. Yeah, behind we gotta know paywall. that you love sports. Final four football. Who you got? What do you want to happen? What do you think will happen? I really, really wanted the Steelers to win. 
not because I dislike the Jaguars, because I think they did James Harrison so dirty. <laughs> and that man is like one of the, some people think he's a dirty player, whatever. I think that he totes that line really well. He plays super hard, and then if the ref gives him a penalty, he's like, all right, now I know where to back off. And they did him so dirty, and I wanted him to play again. I don't want the Patriots to go, but I want him to play again. I just want him to cream Big Ben like 13 times in a row. <laughs> but since that hey, didn't happen, the Jags like. I'm going to interrupt real quick um, because this episode's going to air after the NFC and AFC championships played. Fantastic. Nice. But before the Super Bowl. Yes. So just talk like you know who won the semifinal games. All right. So. All right. So it's crazy to me that Tom Brady bo- broke both his kneecaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he still played the whole game. Fantastic, and they still won. They um, still <laughs> who do I want? Robert who Kraft want? took over as quarterback oh and threw to Gronk god. in the back of the end zone. Oh my god, Roger Goodell! I'm gonna put the suit back on. <laughs> um, so let's see who we got. Okay, hold on, my brain. So we got uh, Vikings. Had the had the man, miracle man that freaking okay so we got Vikings and uh, Stefan Diggs throwing his helmet that was probably the swaggiest so move I've ever funny. seen in my life so funny it was awesome Ooh, everybody was mad at oh boy that didn't make that tackle so we got Vikings Marcus and uh, my brain just completely who is it Vikings NFC NFC so we got Vikings oh and, Vikings uh, Eagles Vikings Eagles the, the so really I am suck. I am a Cowboys fan um, to the day I die. Grew up in Texas, grew up watching some of the – so, like, I cannot have the Eagles do anything. They need to lose. So, Vikings definitely won. So, in turn, I don't care about anything else. So, Vikings going to win the Super Bowl in their own freaking house, which would be the first time ever. I think there's been seven times that the Super Bowl was held in a city that a team made it to the playoffs, and all seven times the teams have lost. Um, I don't even think they made it to the Super Bowl. So, this would be so – Freaking dope! Yeah, if they oh my god, and Case Keenum, like who? He's like a, that? Hey, I like fantastic. that guy. He's no, but I'm saying awesome. like no, he's a great person. He's oh, yeah. in everything, but it's like come on, man. Who? It's Case Keenum. Come on, it's Case Keenum. He be he the, would. He's the most exciting time of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. The most exciting. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> we will move on with more important things. The greatest month of all the time in off. American sports <laughs> is October. You got. Football's like really in gear. Ain't nobody making stupid mistakes anymore. You got NCAA football. You got NFL, and I am an NFL guy. Hate me if you want. Now I got half of America mad at me. Um, hate me if you want. I love NFL. I like being able to follow somebody on their career for more than two years. Um, NCAA football, now things are starting to heat up. You kind of start seeing the teams. Basically, who's not Alabama? Who's going to be, you know, three through four? Um, Go dogs. Two through four. Yeah, okay. And then <laughs> Reckham Tech. And then um b- basketball Did starts. Reckham Tech on this pod? Texas Technical University. Yeah, I just needed Sun. you to I just needed you to qual- you know, say um, what it was. But um so then you got that. You got baseball and playoffs. You got these fools making amazing plays. I feel like I don't know why it is, but those last two couple weeks of baseball this like the greatest defensive plays of all time. Like, it's amazing. This is when, like, some pitchers start to shine, but I feel like shortstop's arms just get, like, 17 inches longer. Like, it's fantastic. It is the only time of the year that Producer I really, Jordan really – really does love baseball. I, it's so, the, you're speaking man, this language. I mean, I'm a Texas Rangers kid. I was a Texas Rangers kid during those misery years, a.k.a. all of them since <laughs> since Nolan Ryan wasn't, wasn't a pitcher. Um, and then, you know, obviously so you going through, like, guy. the huh? – You hate that freeze guy? <laughs> Um, and so, um, but October's great. The worst time of year has to be, in terms of sports, has to be like late January, February, man. Like you only got a little bit of football. But you got basketball. basketball. No, no. You like, what's wrong with NBA? It's boring. I'll take the All-Star break all day, every day. Yeah, All-Star break. But guess when the All-Star break is not? It's not February. It's in January. I don't care. July, and then the the whole argument about July being the driest month because it's only baseball and then NBA free agency, excuse me, producer. Um, (laughs) Here's the deal. Ain't nobody trying to watch sports in July. We outside in July. Melton. We do stuff in July. So that's my sports. It's like 102 here in Atlanta. 
That's fine. I read. You know what? You know what? It ain't freaking seventeen degrees. I, I I will melt all day, every day. I will look like a cold Dr Pepper. You should see us right now. All of us have on. I got a wolf blanket on myself right now, and it's fantastic. <laughs> we got, got blankets leopard. on. It is it is freezing in this in this I house. I have zero cold bones. Yes, and I am okay with that. Hey, Texas and Atlanta. Come on, baby. All right, here we go. We're gonna all get right. into it. We're gonna get into it. All right. Now, so, now, now, now that you've skipped ahead of all of that and stopped <laughs> listening to everything we just said, let's talk about some real stuff. All right. So I know that you're from Texas, yeah. But I really don't know anything more about your upbringing, what that was like, what like you growing up. So just bring me through a little bit of your backstory, your story, how you got. I mean, you're in Atlanta now, so yeah. I mean, you can go brief overview, um, but just kind of go through what you kind of experienced, and you can hit on race stuff or anything you want to yeah, sure. um but yeah for sure so born in austin texas travis county what up keep awesome um, weird no I, don't, I hate that city so much <laughs> <laughs> if i was being honest as an adult now like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a weirdly that's a cow town and then they try to put roads in and it just does not work <laughs> um but yeah born in texas uh i was definitely let's let's be real all right for everybody listening if you were born in november there's a high chance you were not planned. <laughs> so I was definitely, you know, I was definitely an accident um, because of Valentine's Day and whatnot. And so my parents were not married. Um, my mom and my dad, uh, after like a year, uh, split up. And so basically it was me and my mom. We moved to Houston, um, gotcha. lived in some rougher parts of Houston um, after a couple of Really, one big event where um, some bullet holes found their way into our apartment um, when we weren't there. Um, praise the Lord that we were not there. Uh, we moved out to the suburbs, out to Missouri City, um, and that's where still basically, in Houston. Though. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, yeah, gotcha, it's yeah. right outside of Houston. Sorry, when you say Missouri City, you know, sorry, Sugarland area, right outside of Houston. There was okay. like somebody from the Olympics. I can't remember which one. Like she lived out there. I can't remember. It's like gymnastics or ice skating. I remember going to the parade. Oh, really? Somebody tell me who okay. it is. Um, but um, lived out there, and that's where like I like first like got like real friends. I got a friend. His name is Arturo. Okay. He was dope. That's a freaking sweet Eden. name. Freaking Eden. I went over to their house, and like man, like they were not like this wasn't Taco Bell Mexicans. These was like for real, for real. Like um, a menudo for the first time. I was like. Like this is good. Like I, I really did, Thanks and that was kind of my. You're I appreciate that. I'm sorry for everybody that hate <laughs> hate mouth noises. My wife hates mouth mouth noises. Um, but that was like, you know, looking back on it, that was probably unintentionally. My mom probably unintentionally. That was like the root of like me living a diverse life because yeah. I was hanging out. They were they're they're the Romos, which is really funny. Um, Arturo Romo. I the hilarious if i found out that he was related to tony romo <laughs> um but like that was the root of he's my best friend and then we had a couple other kids and it was like you know when you watch like you know stranger things or any movie like the goonies or anything like that or like any of those kind of movies or shows where kids like ride on their bikes all day bruh every that saturday we all rode over to somebody's house we watched cartoons ate up all the food and i probably owe like two or three parents like i probably owe them like yeah, three or four grand worth of cereal <laughs> at this point. But we would all ride over, and then in, like, our little group, like, it was our two. Dang, I'm just now – I've never really thought about this. We're trying to give you some flashbacks. So it was me, Arturo, and there was a kid. We didn't know how to say his real name, so we called him Sammy. He was he was Indian. Um, like he his, did his, have a diverse thing group. Yeah, I'm just not like we were like we were like that <laughs> Crayola box. Together. We were that Crayola box that was like the natural skin tones. <laughs> like that's what we. I'm just now connecting this man. This is crazy. And he lived because I remember he had a cat that hated my dog. Um, but yeah, and so we would all just ride around. Dang, bro, I'm just now realizing. It. Anyway, so that was like the the root. Of got like, you feeling all nostalgic on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and man, that was fun. And so. Did elementary school, did like half a middle school, and I kind of just started acting up. And so my parents, um, and this at the time, my dad lived in Dallas, and my mom lived in Houston. So I saw him like every, maybe like once a month or every two months, just because yeah. he was so far away, um, four or five, or four and a half hour drive. Yeah. And so my parents decided that I should move in with him. So I moved in with my dad. Uh, in Dallas. Uh, yeah, okay. in Dallas, outside of Dallas in Plano. <clears throat> you do that over there. Um, 
and it was it was awesome it was seventh grade and you know you kind of have you know for folks that don't have like that father figure to begin with like i did boys and girls club and we had like my my uncle lived with us for a little bit he he served in the he served in the military after he was done doing that like he served during desert storm he came and he was a pastor and so like i had guys growing up like my mom was really really intentional because she was like i'm not a male yeah you need a male yeah um so i like i had a big brother with sister so i had a guy named raymond who spoke a lot into my life but they were like you need a, you need your dad and so i moved in with my dad in seventh grade and it was really good at first um really really enjoyed it um you know learned a lot from him and everything but yeah. i think just as i got older his expectations for me just didn't match up of where i was developmentally yeah um and so he had all these like he was the youngest of 14 14 um, yeah boy. like one four yeah them he, he grew up in mississippi they don't play uh, <laughs> and so they just have them yep um and so like slowly me and him really started to separate like we just didn't we just didn't vibe and it almost became more like he was my roommate than he was my dad and like i needed a father yeah. and um at the time and he just kind of became a roommate um you know moved out you know went to college and and then after we had like a huge we had like two or three big blow up arguments i stopped going home um, yeah. so i didn't go home like i just went to other people's houses and um yeah bro and so that's kind of that was like leading up to college yeah um and then went to a small christian school called lubbock christian university at first it was a church craft school didn't know anything about any real denominations because I went to T.D. Jakes. I went to the Potter's House, a big old black church in Dallas. Man, that worship, killing it. Boy, we worshiped <laughs> for like 48 minutes. We would worship, basically, they'd get up, say two announcements. We would worship for like 48 minutes. He'd get up, talk for 40 minutes, and then we sit in traffic for 40 minutes trying to get out of there. Um, and then drive 40 minutes to get back to the house. How big Man, of a church was it? It was ginormous, Massive? bro. The Potter's House at the time. Was that was, Houston or Dallas? That's, this is I mean, in that's Dallas. The, that's the land was, of big churches. So, Bro, like yeah. this is right when like mega churches were like a thing. Yeah. And man, to have a mega black church, man. We drove like where it was, it was in Irvine, um, which is where the old Cowboy Stadium used to be. And we lived out in Plano. It was an hour away. Wait, so how long were you in that church? I think, I mean, I didn't start going to church like by myself until I could drive really so 16 so what's that 7th 8th ninth, 10th grade 4 yeah. years 5 years because I I was a year younger than everybody yeah. else I didn't start driving until my junior year Yeah. and so yeah we did that and I was just for me it was like why are we going to church so far away Yeah. like I don't know any of these people in the youth group I don't know literally I would just go and I would sit sing some songs sit down listen to them can't really apply anything and yeah. I'd leave um and so I started going to school with like some, or going to church with like some of my friends, um, yeah. and that was good. That was good. Like, so at this time, were most of your friends? Because I know you talked about you had a diverse friend group. Is this yeah. the same friend group? You have mostly like no. Black so now, friendship? now I've moved, and you know, so I I had never talked to any of those guys again. Yeah. From, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so yeah, I think I think I had a little bit of a mix. I was kind of a I was kind of a kind of an idiot in high school. Okay. Um, you know, like, you know, most people was like, oh, I was, I was dumb in high school, but I really was. Like, I just did stupid stuff. It's because I was a year younger than everybody else. Yeah. And I just was not there developmentally. Like, I really should have been probably held back for like two years. <laughs> um, like, I was really book smart. Yeah. It took nothing for me to make A's, but I was just, I had zero common sense about yeah. myself. Um, no, I think, I think I had, I mean, Plano, most people think that Plano is like just super white. Um, in that part of Dallas, and I mean, compared to other parts, it is. But I live, I went to, I lived in East Plano, and that was a that was a much better mix. It was more yeah. middle, middle income folks. So like my best friend, his name is Chike. He's <laughs> his dad is African, and his and his mom is black. So he is African, African American, uh, <laughs> which I just we always you're three fourths African, one fourth American. Um, <laughs> but then I had like another friend. Her name was Shelby. She was white. Like it was for me. I understood tension between races, yeah. but it was never a thing for me. Yeah. Um, in what know, way? Like it was just like not something that came up in daily life or you just, it just wasn't addressed? I understood racism. I understood that people don't like me just simply for the fact that the color of my skin. Like when I, when I was close to my dad, we went down to Mississippi one time. We went, Me and my cousins went fishing, which is what you do in Mississippi because ain't nothing to do in Mississippi. And we went fishing and somebody chased me off away from the pond. 
and like called me the N word like 17 times as we're running away. Are you serious? 110% I'm serious. Wait, how um, old were you? God. That was when I was living with dad. So that had to be, that might have been like the summer between seventh and eighth grade. I, I, I like, I very vividly remember like me, my cousin, my cousin Nap, his name is Napoleon, but we call him Nap, and like three other people. It's like two more of my cousins and a friend of his. We all went fishing in like their neighbor, like one of the friend's neighbor's pond or whatever. And it wasn't the person that owned the land that came out. It was like some guy who was driving past or something like that and saw us out there. So what was like, I'm, I'm just curious, what was like your, what was your response? Or I your ran because or... I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Was what... your dad there? Uh, no, because this, this is out in Mississippi. Like we oh, okay. were probably like four or five, okay. six gotcha. miles away from the house. Yeah. And so, um, and then we told them what happened and they're like, all right, well don't go over there no more. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? You're in deep South. You ain't going to tell nobody. Yeah. Nobody going to do nothing. Yeah. So I had an understanding of, I would say I had, a, I had an understanding of why I had an understanding that people didn't would like just automatically not like me for one reason or another. Because I have black skin yeah. or because I talk a certain way. Um, my mom. <laughs> so this is really funny. So bringing, a, bringing my wife into the family is probably the most hilarious thing of all yes, time. Yes, I, I wanted to talk Bro, to you about it. This is oh, so funny. So the first thing, the first time I ever, like, truthfully was like, oh, shoot, like, this is a weird, really different for people that aren't like me. Is yeah. when I turned on what we call the white people voice. So, um, so I talked to my like I talked to my friends, and it's not even it's just called the white people voice, and it's not really just used for white people. It's really just a professional voice, but that's what we call it. I talked to my friends. I talked to my friends. Normal, hey, it was good, you know, talking or whatever. And uh, at the time we were dating, and I can't remember what it was. I think I was applying for another scholarship or something, and so I had my phone number was out there all the time. And I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. And so I was talking to my friends or whatever. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is somebody calling me. This is Daniel. How can I help you? And so I go through the whole conversation. Oh, yes, sir. No, that sounds fantastic. No, I really appreciate it. No, you. All right. You have. Yep. Have a good day. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. And and I get off the phone and my, and my homeboy Coleman you know, he's just moving about his business. I had another friend moving about his business. And MG's staring at me like, why are you talking like that? And I was like, oh, that's my white people voice. And she was like, what are you talking about? And my homeboy Coleman, he's a, uh, he's a chaplain for uh, TCU now. A big old black guy, West Texas, like through and through. He, Me and him just start rolling because we're just <laughs> like, well, this is the voice that you use when you want to be professional. Because my name, y'all, my name is Daniel O'Quinn. If you see that on a resume... You think that that is that is a you are Irish middle set Irish man <laughs> you pasty skin you got red hair like him yeah yeah, yeah. Like producer Jordan producer Sorry, Jordan coming into it come on in baby <laughs> you exist thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> but no that's and that, I mean that's the thing like you see that and so I but I learned it from my mom my mom was she's the epitome of professionalism when she, when we're around our family she's so funny she is kind of you know she hate for me to say this and I, she'll hate if she ever hears this but she won't because she don't know what podcasts are <laughs> but like she is kind of like just the funny amazing typical strong black woman when she's around her family she is hilarious she just got like a uh well i ain't gonna tell the story anyway and so um <laughs> cut that four seconds out but like but then when she's she's been working in oil and gas of course texas for years and so but she's incredibly for professional yeah. so she was the one that taught me that and so it was just so funny as i'm like bringing my my wife into the fold and like telling her things like all right so here's a perfect question i want producer i want you to i want both of y'all to answer this question all right here we go all right what do you call your aunts and uncles do you call them aunt blah 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 or do you call them by their first name i call my aunt aunt vicky okay uh i call them by their first name okay do that in my family and your lips get slapped off (laughs) so like the it was so like the first time i ever so i met my my wife's family before she met mine first time i ever she was like oh david hush up oh amy can you help me out this i was like what are you doing why are you saying these things bro but i'm so serious like 
it was it took me about I was like what are you doing and so I had to tell I'm so and I'm so glad I met her family first bro because if she'd met my family first and she'd have been like Gail you no we probably wouldn't be married right now they'd been like no she's disrespectful um and I had to tell her I was like nah like in Can't my family in my family it is a sign of respect and endearment and love to just call them by their I guess their moniker or their their yeah. title so mm -hmm. like my aunt Gail she's kind of like mom number two for me I call her auntie that's it no don't add nothing else after it unless yeah. I'm trying to be funny like I call my hey unk cousin like this is how we speak and this is I mean everybody knows everybody's names obviously but that's yeah. how we do it. and I was like oh that's so different I think being in a serious relationship with somebody, not a high school relationship, not like my freshman year relationship, being in a serious relationship with somebody outside of my culture really opened my eyes to how different cultures are. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Like talk a little bit about like what, how did that kind of shape what your, like what you thought about, even from like going into like her family's house, like what did that, what was going through your, like your head of like what you needed to do? Yeah, I, I don't know if I felt as though I needed to be one way or another. Yeah. There are because some people would say that they need to be like one way or another. Like they yeah. need to like come into the house and put put on their white voice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hello, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's great to meet you. This <laughs> fine day. Yeah, how's your 401k? <laughs> no, um, that's how that's how I talk. Every day. <laughs> I actually just talk about 401ks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you know. I guess it was like late 90s is when I kind of started watching like comedies all the time and like yeah. stand up and like most stand up from especially like not really great black comedians would just be well white people do it like this a do de do de do de do but black people do it like this but ow but ow but ow and it was like that was <laughs> literally that that was my I was like oh yeah okay huh we walked differently we talked differently whatever but coming into her family I knew and she even said she was like you don't need to be no different there's no point in being different because if we're meant to be married and i'm a firm believer you're in that relationship for as long as you need to be but when you know you know you still probably need to work out some timing but like marriage is hard and divorce isn't an option so i was i'm a firm believer in that yeah and so she was like there's no point in you being different and i was like you're right ain't no point in me being different than who i am yeah and i and were there things that might have been off-putting to not her immediate, not like her mom and her dad, they love me, but like to <laughs> random people in her family? Probably. And for sure, I mean, I don't think she would mind me talking about this, but like her grandfather, amazing man, like American red bone down to the core. Um, we, they, we call him Pablo um, for one reason or another. I can't remember why. I mean, West Texas dude, when he – found out and understood he's he's older like he's yeah. in his 90s when he found out mm -hmm. and actually understood that we were getting married he wrote her a letter that was like don't get married you know if y'all if y'all have kids he said y'all your kids will be off color your friends will make fun of you like all these things that are are really grounded in yeah. somebody who was born in the 40s yeah right um that's right whatever whenever he's born <laughs> and so like, there was that, but I never felt for one second that I needed to act or say anything differently. Yeah. Like, if I was being honest, outside of a few issues that have to do with, like, living beings, I'm probably a Democrat. Yeah. Um, and her family, all Republican. Yeah. Mary Grace would even probably say that she is a Republican, minus a few things. Um, and... That was ne that's never been an issue. We can openly talk about anything and everything. Yeah, you know, you know. I I've never ever felt. I think that's one of the hugest blessings that I could have had, and she hasn't felt this way either. Because I'm a firm believer, y'all. Come on, let's not be dumb. Racism works bo both ways. It ain't one way. Yeah. Sometimes work three ways. Come on now. Yeah. And so it, she's never felt like she's had to be different. Yeah. Do we? Do we change the way we speak or something in our different situations? Yeah. She does not call my family Gail. I mean, yeah. she calls them. She does that same thing. But she does it not because she wants to be a certain way or put on a thing. Because she understands. She wants to respect culture. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. 
she's a part of it now. Yeah, true. So it's just not even that she's respecting culture. She's embracing culture, the yeah. culture of our family. And not all black families are like that, but all the ones I've met are like that. And so, and then on the flip, like, there are some of her family, when I say unk, they're like, no, just call me Warren. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. Warren? It's, that, it's you is. know, and I'm embracing the culture of their family. Yeah. And so I've never, like, and I know that there's a couple at our church right now, and her family, like, this girl's family, she's white, he's black, and he's like, I hate to even say it like this, but he's kind of like, not in a funny way, but in a very serious way, he's kind of like Carlton from Fresh Prince Black. Very well, like he, like, very, very, and I know that sounds funny, and I don't mean it derogatory, but like, incredibly put together, yeah. always well-spoken, very, very quiet, very timid, very, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just respectful and respectable in every sense of the word. But I guarantee you, if she gets married to this dude, she, her family, it's going to be a long time before they accept him. I'm like, yeah. bro, are you serious? He ain't even dark. He light-skinned. And y'all tripping <laughs> out? Like, and we've never had to deal with that. And that's such a huge blessing yeah, that for is us. A huge blessing. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, and we talk about that every so often. A lot of times, just during, like, when family stuff is coming up or if something stupid happens in the news. Like, we talk about the fact that, man, it's a huge blessing that – we both have families for the most part, basically minus her grandfather yeah. who's about to go home and be with Jesus anyway. And his head, his brain's going to be redeemed and he'll be like, Oh shoot. So when I get up there, I'll be like, what's up, Pablo? High five. <laughs> but like, um, that we haven't, we really like, what are conversations like that? Or what are conversations about racism? Like, what does that look like? Like, do you talk about that with your family often like with her family or her with your family no not as much there are those in my family one of the most frustrating things in the world is somebody that says that's racist every single time something happens yeah that is so frustrating yeah um i just watched this ha shouldn't even bring this up i just watched this youtube video of this guy and he's talking about how they were like watching the matrix or something and they were making the whole the whole thing that Neo's like, you know, Jesus or whatever, like they were trying to, and they were like, and look what color they made Jesus, white, racist. And, um, and the whole, and they didn't know that Will Smith was originally supposed to play Neo and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, I have people in my family that Wait, are really? like, bro, you didn't know us. Will Smith took the role down. He didn't take it. I don't know if he didn't take it because he didn't want it or he had another project. Wait, like the matrix. It, it would have been Will. It would have been Will. I can see my breath. Yeah, it's cold up I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bro, I'm smuggling candy corns under I, this. I am dumbfounded that Will Smith is supposed to be in that role. That yeah. is my number one favorite actor of all time. Steve really? Carell and Will Ferrell are – or Will Ferrell. This man Will said Will Ferrell. <laughs> can't, can't hey, I love Will, Will Ferrell, though. Um, He's in top five. And so, like, I think – but here's the deal. If I was being honest, we could probably talk about it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. With the media family, so like my mom's and like my aunt and my cousins, like the folks that I'm closest to, if a conversation about racism came up for one reason or another, they'd probably be kind of weird. They're like, oh, should we talk about this? But then I'd be like, yeah, talk Around about Barry it. Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'd be like, like one minute, I'd be like, why are y'all – just talk about it. And I know that I could talk. Her family is incredibly – what's the right one? Empathetic to – any kind of uh uh marginalized people yeah especially like her mom her dad i mean they're very um and you know they're separated but they're very very empathetic to any form of marginalized people which is fantastic seeing as her dad grew up in the south he grew up in atlanta actually yeah uh, but not like in atlanta like in a suburb in tucker yeah and her mom grew up in the in west texas probably the whitest place in the world outside of edinburgh Scotland, like, <laughs> like, um, and so it's kind of cool that, yeah, I, I, I think that if we had a sit down conversation and was said something like this, yeah. hey, there's good cops in the world and there's bad cops in the world, yeah, and if bad good. cops have a bad day and they're basically trained to always kind of be on guard, especially being around black people, they'll probably shoot a black kid in the chest. Like, I, we could probably have that conversation, and, and it wouldn't be 
full of tenseness and people's yeah. shoulders wouldn't raise and voices wouldn't raise. Like we could have a really cool conversation. Yeah. Now there are those in her family that we could not have that conversation with. Yeah. And there are those in my family that we cannot have that conversation with. Yeah. But for the folks that not marginalizing the rest of my family, but for the folks that truly matter, yeah, we could totally have that conversation. Yeah. I mean that, and that's powerful because I think that's something that, you know, we had kind of talked about and I had talked about with you is this is just like, having those little conversations. And I've always thought about in interracial marriages, like what does that family dynamic when those issues come up, is it shared or is it just kind of thrown under the table? Because it would be easy, right? To throw it under the table because that would be uncomfortable, you know, but I'm, that makes me like super happy that, that that's talked about, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely good. All right. I did want to ask you about, um, um, this is really important. Uh, Will Smith turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix to star in the film Wild Wild West. Oh, good Ooh. lord! Which but I really liked Wild Wild West. So is that a worst is it as decision? good as The Matrix all though? I, the, yeah, but I don't know if I could have had really him for three about, movies. About the Wild Wild West is the Burger King toys that they had. That spider. And I literally went to Burger King once my entire life. See, for but that, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I love this little caveat. I love this little rabbit trail. But here's the deal. <laughs> okay. If Will Smith is Neo for those three movies, do we miss out on any other movies that he might have come out with? And, 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 comma. That's a good question. I think that you needed someone. Okay, gosh, this is getting so deep into this. (laughs) You needed someone as plain face as Keanu Keanu Reeves Reeves. so that you could basically put your face over him and you're the superhero. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, no, no, no. You know a, what I mean? That because that's point. like the whole thing. Because everybody, yeah. let's be real, we're all incredibly egocentric, except for like Mother Teresa and one guy that I know named Bubby Harrell, who's the most humble guy I've ever met in my life. Like, um, boy lives out in Conway, Arkansas, and that boy is dope. But like, you need somebody who has no features on their face in order to kind of put yourself in that and role. And Will Smith's kind of bigger than life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. you know what I, I mean? See that. I see like, that. I'm going to look at Mills, Will Smith. I'm like, my ears are not that big. Like, I can't. <laughs> but but Keanu Reeves' face he is He looks like such, every other white guy. He looks like every other. Yeah, basically, like, he looks like two dots and a smi- and a smiling face. Like, And so you can almost put yourself in that role. I know, there's, I know there's theories about this whole thing, and that's why they got so big. All right. So here's what we missed out okay. on with Will Smith. So the if, Matrix, if he would have taken, if he the original Matrix. Matrix came out in '99. Okay, it means they were shooting in '98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last one came out in '03. Okay, I believe. So over the course of that time, Will Smith. Uh, ooh, in '98 he made Enemy of the State. See, That's great a movie. movie. Great. Movie. I don't know if he could have done both because they shot that during the summer. '99 he was in Wild Wild West. Love that. 2000, no. The Legend of Bagger Vance. No. Nope. That's a legendary. It was good. I didn't it was like good. it, but it was legendary. Yeah, I don't know. it was good. Uh, 2001, he starred as Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali in the movie yeah, Ali. bro. And I don't know if he would have gotten that role. 2002, yeah. just wait, wait, wait for these two big ones. This is why it's okay that Will Smith didn't do The Matrix. Hey, Men in Black. Men in Black 2 that came is. out in 02. Which was actually a good one. Yeah. Bad Boys 2 came out oh, in 03. See, it was a great yeah, movie. yeah, Nia, Nianu. <laughs> Nianu. Nianu Nianu Keanu, Keanu Reeves needed to be... Even take take my whole little argument out of it. Bad what Boys we, 2, baby. We, we took Keanu Reeves out of a lot of movies, probably. Yeah. I don't know. But listen, nobody else knows the rest of his movies. Except for freaking... Uh, John Wick. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> I actually was super entertained by John, John Wick. John Wick is dope. All right. I haven't seen yeah. two. Hey, I did a bad job as a producer. I'm supposed to keep you on track. No, no, no. no I'll talk about Will Smith perfect. every day of my life. That's um, a He's about to ask another question anyway. So yeah, I was about good. to ask a question. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a good part to uh, disrupt him. And it was like black and white, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith is a light skinned black we person. We can bring that back. And somehow Keanu Reeves is a well, light skinned white person. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is pale. <laughs> that man is not olive at all. <laughs> good God. So he if, needs some color. If you you could say, I know, for a lot of white people, Will Smith on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is their first encounter with black culture. 100%. 100%. So it wasn't they, It com- was mine. It, it's either that or you go the generation before and it's the Cosby show. Or Family Matters. Do you think do you think the Cosby show and the Fresh Prince did a good or bad job of displaying Yeah, that's actually, they're two that's a completely great different family uh-huh. dynamics. Sorry, I'm not supposed to no, be asking no, questions. No, no, no. Ask that fantastic. question. I love, I love that. I love I've actually wanted to ask in. this question for a long time cuz I absolutely so 
Fresh Prince of Air is my number one show of all time with Office number two. But I told somebody that, and they were like, you picked the two widest shows of all time. <laughs> and and that made me laugh really hard. Yeah. And then I, I watched it through kind of that lens. I, yeah. I've i gone back and watched it maybe like six yeah. times. I'm, I'm just a Will Smith. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. the man. So, um, But I want to know what a black man's perspective is on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Did you relate to it? Did you not relate to it? Did you hate it, love it? I, okay. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over here first. This is a good ride. I'm going straight across from me, not kitty corner, um, to answer your question first. I think that the Cosby show, what the Cosby show did was show the best of black culture. Like this is how, this is how a black family would be if it was afforded all the opportunities, like, you know what I mean? Like a utopian black family. Yeah, almost like, cause they still had their issues and everything. And, and let's be real at the end of the day, it's a show, it's a TV show. Yeah. But like when I looked, when I looked at the Huxtables, I was like, man, like I wanted that as a, as a kid, like watching all the reruns yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I was like, dang, like I want it to be Theo. I want it to be like that because yeah, they dealt with like hard issues and stuff, but it was this idea of this is what the black family looks like. And so there was that. But then you have Fresh Prince, of course, way more of a comedy, you know, way more outlandish things. I just watched the the episode where uh, Will gets conned and he's playing pool and then Uncle Phil cons <laughs> him by playing two terrible games and he's like, bring out Loretta or whatever he calls the, <laughs> Lucille. the pool. Lucille, Lucille yeah. Break out Lucille. Lucille. Yeah. Yes, I'm Jeffrey, really break out you know Lucille. Bro, I know you've watched every episode. Um, and then he just smashes him, bro. He ain't even looking. This man, eyes closed, eating a burger, just killing it. And so, but I can relate. So this is weird, but I know as it is a comedy, but for me, I related hard to Will. Because I did have those dad issues growing yeah. up. Even living with my dad. Bro, I know y'all, everybody knows the most famous scene. Episode, yeah. The, the, when, when when he da- actually cries, for real, for oh, real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he for real cried. Yeah, he for real cried. I got chills right now. Every single black male yeah. that has lost a father figure, whether it be because the dad don't want nothing to do with them, the dad ran on some hard luck and is in jail or the dad was stupid as in and is in jail yeah. or the dad has died or whatever i i bro we all relate to that yeah. hard yeah. Yeah. and so i think that i think for me watching as a black man i could relate but it was also really funny but then flip side white person watching it is it safe yeah and so when something real happened or when, you know, like Will Smith has never made like Will Smith ain't Drake. Like he ain't making like these. He never did make these, you know, he's never hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Quote unquote. And so do I think that shows like Family Matters and Fresh Prince and um, the, the Cosby show, do I think that those were helpful for like cultural for cultures to come together eh, like yeah i think they were incredibly entertaining and at the very least they provided a little bit of knowledge but at the end of the yeah. day it's a tv show because i remember certain shows i remember i mean i haven't thought about this in a long time but i remember watching an episode where they talked about bl- police brutality yeah, yeah. in an episode yeah and i remember watching it and at that time i was probably 12 or 13 years old i mean you know I would watch that at 11 a.m. every summer day, like, mm-hmm. you know, for for the hour that it was on TV land. Like, yeah. you know, like I would just watch it. So I was just kind of when I saw that for the first time, I remember thinking, like, I'd never heard of that before in my yeah. life, given I was 12 years old yeah, yeah. in suburban white America. Yeah. Um, and I'd never heard of that before. I had really never thought about this in a long time. But I remember I watched it again, like I rewinded it on the DVR watched it again and i was just like still confused by it yeah. um i got like the 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 dad issues one because i was just like that one that one makes sense you know i know a lot of people who have those parents and like that you know have kind of left them in the most oppor- unopportune of moments and um but i remember watching that episode and being like they just spoke about police brutality and i know n- nothing about that yeah. like i have no idea so for me i was thankful for it at that time that I knew just a little bit of what some of my friends were, what like what their background was, even though they would never talk to me about it 
as a 12 or 13 year old because who's going to talk to me about it at 13 years old there's no way um so that was like so that was a thing that i was like thankful for the show um but at the same time it is you know you have carlton who is the the white brother yeah yeah, yeah. and and there's a dude in my church it's not the same guy i was talking about there's a guy in my church for real y'all that is carlton banks the chinos where the ankles show the loafers please tell me he's wears a sweater around his his, uh, neck i was just about to say that (laughs) this past this past sunday this man had a sweater around his neck no was it yellow please tell me it's yellow i don't remember what colors i ain't pay that much i don't pay that much attention to other males canary yellow yeah that like oh yeah he has like a light blue polo that like comes down like pretty high up on his uh like arms and then he has like the yellow um which is so it's just so funny to me. I think here's 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 the deal. I heard somebody say this on on another podcast and I think that it's so apropos. It's so easy right now where we're at. We are so connected yet so separate because every single person in the world via their social media can display their opinion. Yeah. No problem with that. But then every single person can tell them why their opinion is wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, and and what happens is, and it's so crazy, so just so people know where I'm coming from, devout Christian, love me some Jesus, and love me some people. Like my life motto, uh, as any of the kids that I've worked with at any time, your job in life is to love God and love people. You ain't got to do nothing else. That's what you got to do. Yeah. So there's this crazy thing right now. There's no middle ground. It's always one side versus the other. It's screaming on both ends. Bro, like, okay, Democrats, Republicans, all right? Black, white, all right? Crazy. <laughs> Black lives matter. All lives matter. Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. Like, there's no in-between. And like I said, I'm a devout Christian, so here we go. Listen to this. Jesus never played that. You got the woman who was caught having sex with somebody who isn't her husband. They have every reason to say that this woman is wrong, right? Yeah. Every reason. Broke the law. The law, not like like God's law. They have every reason to be like, mm you're done. Stone. Give me a rock. Boom. And Jesus goes, he says, hey, whoever sinned, cast first stone. Whoever had the sin, cast first stone. So, of course, nobody does it because, uh, it's Jesus. But then what he does is he says, go. So, right there, he's released her, say, oh, yeah, no, 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 you're forgiven. But then he says, and sin no more. He does this beautiful thing where he plays the middle. He plays both sides and he plays the middle. And it's not in this lukewarm, wishy-washy way. It's actually on this crazy fiery passion for people to be to be loved but righteous yeah and that's crazy fantastic for me so when the thing that's happening right now especially in america is this whole idea of one side versus the other and it doesn't just have to be race yeah bro straights versus lgbtq like come on man we worried about if people can't like why would I be more worried about something that somebody's doing right now during this life with this body compared to their soul going to heaven? I could care less who you love. Yeah. As long as you're not treating them right. Yeah. Is it hard for me to sit? Like, is it, would it be hard for me to, I have, I have family who's gay. I have good friends who are gay. Would it be hard for me if I was being honest to like say, yes, I'm going to the wedding. Yeah. That would be a little hard. But you know what? Come on, Matthew says, we ain't supposed to judge, that's God's job. What's our job? John 13, love one another. This is how you know people will, yeah. that you, that people will know that you are mine is if, if you love one another. What, that's the issue for me. Because you know what? I hold people that aren't Christian to a very low standard. I hold them to the standard of, all right, try not to kill anybody, all right? But if you say that you're a believer in Jesus, like 
If you say you're a believer in the dude that watched the earth be formed, if you say you're a believer in the dude that touched lepers, if you say that you're a believer in the dude that said, I'm going to put your sin on my back. I'm going to let my blood run instead of yours. Then how can you not? How can you not just share Jesus? People confuse this. We got to proclaim the gospel. What is the what, what is the gospel? It's the good news. What do you do? What do you do with news when you turn it on? You watch it. You witness it, right? What is witness? That's you literally seeing something and then talking about it. Yeah. So if that's the case, why do I care if somebody loves somebody who's the same who's the same sex or gets a, a sex change or is black or is white? or as a Democrat, or as a Republican, why do I care? Because I need to be more worried about where their soul is going. Yeah. Am I, I guarantee you, uh, my wife works. It's the go and sin no more. Bruh, yes, like, that is the issue. Yeah. Like, that, that's Jesus's job. That, that, the idea that we have to be judge and jury robs Jesus of the power that he has and is the most prideful thing of all time. We are called to be humble. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar says, sit down. <laughs> like, but for real, like, I know I'm not even, it's, it's funny, but it's him. not even, it's not, it's like, so but seriously, listen to it. Think about it. Think about it, man. And his, that song is terrible, but yeah. like, it's good though. But here's the deal. He's a genius. If we say, I hold, this is why I hold Christians to a higher standard. Because we've witnessed, we've experienced this grace. The grace that Jesus is covering us now. And because of him, we are made righteous. Do we still sin every day? Heck yes. I got saved. Still dealt with porn and masturbation. Like, yeah. that was still a part of my life. And unfortunately, it was a part of my daily life while I was at a Christian university. Like, that don't make me any better or worse. You want to know why we're all in the same playing field? It ain't even because Jesus saved us all. It's because we're all broken, messed up sinners, and God is so dang holy that we can't even be around him. Yeah. So when it comes to race relations, that's why I said earlier, um, oh, dang it, I hit the thing, sorry. When it comes to, <laughs> I said earlier that, um, that, I, that I'm a Christ follower before I'm a black man. And that would infuriate so many people. That probably piss off my own mom. And she's like one of my best friends. I'm a mama's boy to the day I die. <laughs> but here's Trying why. to redeem yourself with that one. <laughs> here's, here's why I'm a Christ follower before I'm a black man. And being a black man is a huge part of my life. Yeah. It is a defining characteristic. But here's the deal. I'm, I'm a child of God before I'm a black man. He's the one that made me a black man. Yeah. Just like he's the one that made you a white man. Yeah. Just like he's the one that made my wife a white woman. Like, why would I put this earthly body and the and the things that go along with having this particular earthly body and this particular skin and this particular vernacular and the way that I speak and the way that I walk and the natural pride that I have about who I am? Why would I put that in front of eternity yeah that's that's the that's where i get frustrated yeah why would people i start put, focusing on racial relations more than they focus on or or anything yeah anything. here's the deal that's so funny like literally just talking about this with third and fifth graders today third through fifth graders today if you are not drawing nearer to god then you are draw you're you're drifting further from him that plain and simple if your focus isn't on god then you are you are purposefully there's no accident you are purposefully drifting away from him and what naturally happens you start focusing on things that have nothing to do with anything yeah if we as christians and we as believers start having an eternal mindset about things and stop walking into conversations in order to prove ourselves right but start walking in conversations in order to listen to the stories of others yeah bro holy crap mm -hmm. the world would change in a freaking heartbeat yeah. and that's something that we talked about when i so little backstory when i was thinking about this podcast thinking about 
all this stuff. I actually approached D because I had just met him <laughs> and I wanted someone that was unbiased that didn't know me at all and wanted to hear his heart on it. Uh, and so when I talked to him about the idea, this is, this is basically kind of what he said. And it was kind of like, there are a lot of voices right now and there's loud voices on both sides. Yeah. Um, and so it's, that was one of the reasons. And I think one of the things that really stuck out to me when we talked, and I want you to speak on just a little bit, um, is that you really struggle with it being semi, not, you said hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember like that rattled in my brain for a long time yep. that it was just hopeless, like that it was hopeless. And you had like a good argument with it, that it, that it was, but you were saying alone, it is hopeless. Mm-hmm. So can you just expand a little bit on what you meant by that? The reason why it's hopeless to me is this. Or the reason why I struggle to find hope. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Is because, so let's, let's, let's focus in on race relations. All right. You have one side who's had the power. They have the power, they have the money, they have the influence. And they've had it for a long time. All right. You have another side who has never had that but yearns for yearns for something like that whether they say they whether we say that it's equality or we really say some some folks want it to be a complete flip of the system it's like you have a business partner and and you walk into the business and you got one guy who's been there for years knows how the system works basically created the system you have another guy who it's, it's come in, come in late to the game, um, and he wants to see change. And what happens is one guy doesn't want to see because it it's like, hey, it's always been this way. The other guy's like, but it could be better. So this guy on the left is saying, no, it's always going to be this way, and they're, and he's yelling at the top of his voice. And this guy on the right is saying, no, but it could be better. Can you not see how this doesn't work this way? And they're both yelling, but nobody is listening. Yeah. My issue, why I struggle to find hope, is because I don't see anyone listening. Yeah. You want, you want, and what it's going to take is the hardest thing in the world. And, and I, man, you know, I keep saying people are going to be mad if I say this, but whatever, be mad. I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to heaven anyway. Yes. Like, if you really, really want to be heard, you got to be willing to shut your mouth and open your ears. Mm-hmm. And that's for both sides. Yeah. It just so happens that one side has been stronger for so long, they're just used to talking. And so, and the issue is nobody wants to shut up. Yeah. Because everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be heard. Everybody's everybody egocentric. wants to be known. Everybody has, well, yeah, everybody's egocentric. Bro, we are all still five years old saying, no, that's mine. Like, for True. real. And so, especially here in America, and there's racism everywhere. We all know this. Yeah. But especially here in America, it's because it's changing, and it's changing so fast all the time. And now everybody has an outlet and we have so many people who are, I'm one of them posting and talking about stuff and nobody's sitting back and listening. And we scroll past it. We hit like, or we scroll past it. What's the thing? We're so scared of conflict now. Friggin' uh, Facebook. They did the thing where you can unfollow your friends. That is so funny. And I hate that I use it. I just want to just unfriend somebody and say, Hey, this is why I'm unfriending you. You're an idiot and you talk like this and you don't care about anyone else. And I, and I've, and I've unfollowed people on all different sides of all different arguments. Um, I got one guy who flip flops on his arguments and I'm like, yeah, I'm done with you. And so none of that wishy washy for real. Yeah. Like if you're going to hate me, just hate me. Yeah. So I know where you stand. Um, and so that's where I struggle to find hope because I don't see like people actually listening. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, man. Like it's just it's one of those things, man. You know what's gonna you know what it's it's gonna take? Jesus coming back. Cause guess what? Ain't nobody gonna be talking when Jesus comes back because we're all gonna be in our faces. Like for real. Like instead of us all staring at each other and saying, Well, I hate you because of this and I don't like the way you do this, and boy, you talk weird. Like it's gonna be Ugh, Jesus. Like that's it. Yeah. And and 
I think that's why I put so much hope and worth in the gospel yeah. more than I do race relations. Can't put hope in people. But for real though, yeah, you can't I can it. because here's the deal. There's always going to be those corrupt people on every side of the argument. Hint, hint. Person that's listening, hope you have earphones on. Everybody's corrupt. Sorry for <laughs> earphone listeners. Because we're all freaking broken. Yeah. Like we're all yeah. broken. I tell my I tell the kids all the time. I say, here's the deal. I will fail you. I am a man. Your parents will fail you. And you probably think they fail you all the time because you're a teenager and you're egocentric. I say that to them all the time. <laughs> they know I love them. So why put your hope in anything but Jesus who has never failed? Never has, never will. Dude, that, that your love never fails, never gives, never goes out, never, blah, blah, blah. I can't even say it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, your love yeah, never yeah, fails, yeah, yeah. never gives. There you go, sing it, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, my, um, somebody really close to my wife's family wrote that song, wrote a piece of that oh, song. Really? The part that goes, in death, in life. Yeah. She wrote that part. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm part. saying, like, Everybody's Hold hands up. go up on that part. But for real, though, like, man. <laughs> and so, death. but like, if that's the case, if we can do three things, here it is. If we're willing to love God, hmm, love people, and listen. Listen to people's stories. There are people I grew, like I said, I did a lot of my growing up in terms of like becoming a man while I was in college. Most guys do kind of, you know, basically yeah. between 18 and, you know, maybe all the way up to like 28, 29, but like a lot, like a bulk of it happens at one point in there. And for me, it was that. And so I made a lot of friends and I'm in West Texas. I'm at Texas Tech. All right. From I transferred from the little Christian school to Texas Tech. So I'm in West Texas. I'm in the buckle of the Bible Belt Republican all day, every day. And with this past election, you know, I had people that I really highly respected and I really love saying some horrible things and I hate it. I hated even doing it, but I felt a pull on my heart to just go ahead and do it. And I put up a post and all I said was this. I said something along the lines. I wish I could read it because this was right during like when it seemed like some, you know, some black kid was getting shot every other week. Yeah. And then like the guy who. It was just uh, bad on top of bad. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, like yeah. the guy that got shot when he was in his car, and then the teacher that was helping the uh, the kid that was uh, high functioning autistic, and he got shot and he lived, and all this stuff was happening, and all these people are saying these things, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, all this stuff. And I said, imagine if you were sitting with me. Imagine if it was me that got shot. How would your how would your opinion change? See, because you've had a meal with me. You've sat down and laughed with me. You've cried with me. We've worshiped the Lord together. Does it change what you're saying now? Because there's a face on it. If we're willing to love God, love people, and just listen to people's stories, bro. Everything's going to be all right. For real. Yeah. Like, we can just hold up. You know how you have, it's like 3 o'clock, and you eat like half a Pop-Tart to tide you over till dinner? <laughs> this will tide us over till Jesus comes back. Yeah. Like, I like that. That's the whole like point, that bro. That is the whole freaking point of this thing. Listening is life. half of a pop tart. Come on now, and it's brown sugar cinnamon. Um, <laughs> is that your favorite real, one? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's that simple. It's simple. Something to be simple yet hard. You know, you know what's simple? Walking. You know what's hard? Walking like 112 miles. Yeah. It's it's simple. It's hard. Yeah. Because you want to, you want to interject. You want. When was the last time you told a story without any, somebody going, "Oh yeah, that reminds me of this." You know what I mean? I yeah. do it. I'm a story topper. I already know. <laughs> um, but if we can do that, um, I mean, gosh, I. All right, last thing I keep saying this. I tell the kids this, but I do, and I don't mean my kids. I ain't got no kids. Uh, I'm talking about the kids in K-Life, in the ministry. I said, I told them this one time, and it rubbed a couple of them wrong, but when they understood what I was saying, it was came down to this. We have been told, especially like our generation and the millennials and now Gen Z, um, which is everybody born from like 98 to whatever. It's like the kids that are going to college now yeah. and, and all the way down to age two. 
been told our whole lives, you can change the world. You can. You can do it. Here's the deal. You cannot change the world. <laughs> not because you're one person. Not because what you do doesn't matter. Because Jesus already did. He already changed it. True. He already flipped the script. You know what you're supposed to do? Join in with his changing the world in the thing that you're good at. So there, I had number four. There's number four. There you go. Love God, love people, listen, and then find the thing you're passionate about. And do Freaking it. spread the gospel that way. <laughs> like, I don't give a dang if you're a trash My uncle's a trash man. He's the most joyful trash man of all time living in California. Be a joyful trash man. I'm, I'm, excuse my language, I am dead ass serious. Like, he... <laughs> But for real, like he has, he has so much joy about him. He's a deacon in the church yeah. and he loves what he does. Yeah. And I guarantee you, he talks to the guy, you know, there's always a guy riding in there with, I guarantee you he talks to him about the Lord. Like, come on. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to be Elon Musk. You don't have to be Bill Gates. You don't have to be Donald Trump. You don't have to be the queen of England to make a difference. You got to be Matt Filer. You got to be Daniel O'Quinn. Like, that's who you got to be. Yeah. If you want to see that world change. And I think that that's where, if you, that's, that's where I find hope. I find yeah. hope in the fact that we got Jesus. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he going to win anyway. All right. So we're going to go through those right. four more one more time. Woo! I've been talking for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Four, four, Sorry, four one more time and then we'll wrap it up. Love it? God. Love God. Love others. Love others. Listen, Listen. to people. Shut up. And <laughs> use your, like, Find your passion and go do that for the Lord. Let's do it. Not for money or anything else. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you. D, you're the man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, answering questions. You're the freaking man. From me and producer Jordan, we say thank you, man. I love so, yeah. I hope everybody listening to this, you're listening to this in a car with heat. Because right now, yeah. I can't feel my ankles. <laughs> my, nor toes my toes are gone. My toes are gone. <laughs> no, All I appreciate right. it, man. I appreciate it. I feel like, um, seriously, seriously, I feel like this is something amazing i think that is fun and i'm not just saying that because you brought me on and it's the end and this is where you're supposed to compliment each other <laughs> um i think that is fantastic to just give people an opportunity to just listen i yeah. hope i i'm i'm so serious when i say i hope that you find somebody who friggin' black panthers all up in there and i hope you, they come sit down on this couch and i hope you find somebody from that new freaking idiot neo-nazi neo party that yeah. says he's american but that's the least american thing of all time because we already beat them fools. Um, but I hope they come sit on this couch too. Same. And you know what I hope happens? You get a chance to freaking proclaim the gospel and it changes their life. Absolutely. Even if they say they're profession Christian. Yeah. Um, because that, I mean, that's the real change. I ain't finna talk for another 20 minutes on the same thing I already said. <laughs> love y'all. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. Let's do this. Yeah, my baby,